You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the point we bringing us in episode number 150 I'm straight to the point. My name is Chris. Here are my guy, J-Dub. What up, what up, what up, what up? And to commemorate episode number 150, we are going to put on record, as of right now, our top 10 NBA players of all time. Me and Jared will discuss our list. We're also going to talk about you know, the NBA's in-season tournament, which was announced this past week, and our thoughts on that. And also, Dame kind of dragging his feet on this whole get me out of Portland thing. It's get me out of Portland, but only to Miami. I don't think it's Dame Dragon's feet. It's the, it's the Portland Timbers are dragging their feet. They don't want to trade Miami. They just don't want to trade with Miami. That's all Yeah, yeah, Jared, let's, let's start there. Let's talk about Miami's attempt to get Lillard and Portland pretty much just telling them, like, yeah, we don't want nothing. Like, we don't want nothing. Yeah, what do you None have to offer me but Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, and Duncan Robinson and two picks? Like, that ain't – I guess. Like, are we talking about, like, for Damian Lillard – that ain't nothing. Like for David Lowry, like they're they're looking at the past trades that have occurred. Like man, I can get way more. Like the Timberwolves got for Rudy Gobert, or the Cavs had to give up for Donovan Mitchell than what y'all are trying to offer me for Damian Lillard. And Lillard's like, well, yeah, you could, but I'm not gonna go play there. So now your reputation is ruining this organization for you know upholding the standard of I'm the best player out of your franchise's history. I'm asking for a trade because you told me and promised me one thing. Lied to me about what you were promising you were going to do. Didn't do anything in the offseason. Didn't do anything during the trade deadline. Didn't do anything in the NBA draft besides get Scoot Henderson, which is a good pick for them, but it doesn't help Dame when it comes to going to a championship. They're not. You're not about to go to a team, tell, a championship telling me, oh, yeah, Dame, Scoot, Shadana Sharp, Anthony Simon, Jeremy Grant, and Nurkic are, yeah, we're going to the promised land with them. It's not happening. Dame can see the right on the wall, so he's like, get me out. And now if you're not going to try and trade him to – yeah, he gave you only one destination, but that's the only destination he wants to go to in his career now. So as an organization, you either uphold that, try and find a third team or just make that straight-up trade with Miami, or you twiddle your thumbs and wait it out like the Ben Simmons situation, or mm-hmm. you, you continue to be an organization where if this occurs and Dame just trades with team more, he's not going to show up for it. Right? Like They make the trade and Dame just doesn't go to that next team. It doesn't look bad on Dame in my opinion. I think this looks bad for the Portland Trailblazers because – at the end of the day, what star players gonna want to come in knowing that they they make false promises and they don't uphold their end of the bargains for anything that they ever sell you? Yeah, but the problem is, you're not you're in a catch twenty two if you're Portland anyway. You're not going to get those stars to come to Portland. We've seen that if stars don't want to come play, so with now Dame, you're losing your internal guys. But, but, but if, Dame, if, Dame, if Dame don't want to come come and get a star to get with Dame, you're not going to get any stars to come to Portland. Which so is, you yeah, have to do fact. what you you have to do what you did. But how do you keep grab, those guys if you know you you pay them the same way Dame signed that contract? Dame, Dame signed, wants Dame, out, so at the Dame end, signed those the contract. Guys want out too. If Dame Wait. wanted out, if Dame wanted out, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He, yeah. he did what he did. But the problem is he signed a contract, so it's not like he can really. He had to get his back. Right. So that's to, to answer your question: How do you keep star players in Portland? You pay them. Nope. The problem they is, ask out, they ask out. They ask out. They ask out. Okay, cool. But then you at least get some assets back for that player. You you're in a situation like with Dame. Dame has three years left on his contract. 
it's not like he's an expiring contract and you got to sell him at a reduced rate because there's no guarantee that the Dame's going to resign next year or be a free agent after the year's up. No, like Dame's still in the contract for another two years after this year. So he can he can drag his feet and and hope he gets to Miami all he wants, which I think he will eventually. Like eventually somebody will blink on this Portland thing or another team will jump in to try to jump the price to see what the price really is for Dame. Because I think a lot of this maxi stuff from the Sixers is is a way to kind of boost Maxi's value, especially why Heroes is so low. Um, because there's there's talks about how Maxi and Hero are very similar. But Maxi's value right now, just because of the Sixers seemingly um seemingly just want to keep him forever, it makes his value go up. And the fact that Portland doesn't want Hero it seems like no one really wants hero. Miami doesn't want hero. So you're in a, a you're in a catch. It's not, but you're in a catch 22 with Miami now because Miami's kind of mortgaged everything on getting Dane because all of their role players, Vincent, Strews, all these guys are gone. Lowry's, you know, for all intents and purposes, he'll probably be gone on a trade to a, on a buyout. So, what are you going to do? Are you going to? Is Miami good enough to run it back no. and get the same I results? Like I don't think so. And especially if you lose Strews and you lose Vincent. So, I think I think the if you're saying who has the leverage in this situation, I think Portland has all the leverage because Dame know. has a Dame has a signed contract for three years. And let's say. I think Portland's going to try to call his bluff. I'm like, okay, you you're not going to report. Okay, we'll trade you to, I don't know, Philly. We'll trade you to Boston, even though Dame says he doesn't want to go to Boston. We'll trade you to, I don't know, whatever team. That's not mine. We'll trade you to Brooklyn. You think Dame's not going to show up? I think Dame's going to show up. He, you're not going to thumb your nose, no matter how mad you are, at the rest of that contract, which is enormous, by the way. So. Mm-hmm. Portland's got all the Portland's got all the leverage. Like Dame has n- little to no leverage. You don't want to report to camp, training camp. Okay, we won't pay you. Simple. Like we got I mean, whatever. Because at this I mean, point, if you're Portland, if you're Portland, you're not you're, you're not you're not winning a championship this year anyway. Who cares? They, they're not even making a play in this year. So let's say, let's keep they don't, the losses won't hurt them, but the, what really hurts them in the long run is the same thing that hurt the Sixers. It's the locker room stuff. Because the same thing I'm saying, another player's probably saying. And Freddie Simon's in that locker room probably saying the same thing. He's not even he's probably not even mad at Dane. Shadane Sharp's not mad at Dane. Scoot Henderson, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but Dane's probably already called Scoot and said, bro, it's not even you, right? Like, he's probably already broken down. Yo, I'm not even mad that they brought you in. You're going to do great for this organization. He gave him the big brother speech. But he's yeah, keeping but, the public saying, I'm ready okay, to go. But that's a, situ- that's a situational thing. So if Dame, that had issue, there, Dame had been there for 10 years. Right, so that's Dame, what you're not describing is that cancer is going to be they, they didn't draft well around him, and Dame, wasn't, and Dame wasn't good enough or attractive enough to another superstar in free agency to come I don't think he wasn't good enough for – remember, they weren't trying to source money for the other superstars, if, to be honest. Let's be fair. Um, let's, 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 let's be honest, though. If you put Braun in Portland – They wouldn't shit. No, no, I'm not even saying that. If you put Braun in Portland, 
guys will come to Portland. Okay. Guys ain't coming to Portland to play with Dane and be second fiddle to Dane. Clearly. So now you have the location as well. You're right. It's the location. Okay, it's the location as well. Okay, true. But if Portland had the bread and a player looked around and said, okay, I can get whatever from Portland and play with Dane, that team was never going to be a championship team because they never had the requisite pieces around them like other championship caliber teams did. They right. never had the so depth. They I never mean, had they never had the depth or the athleticism at the same again, time. And when they did and when they did, office. they had injuries. All you describe as a negligent front office. Okay, which that's again fine. paints the picture that this is not a damn issue. I don't I, again if Portland has the leverage, they got it. But if Dame doesn't go to the destination that he desires to go to, this looks bad on the front office of the Portland Trailblazers. It, doesn't it look looks bad. bad for re- it looks bad regardless. But who cares? Who if you're Portland? If you're a GM of Portland, who yeah, cares? No, he's a liar at this point. We already know he's a liar. What did he lie about? Remember, he had promised Dame back trade down. We're gonna get you a year. This it's a quotable. It's a quote out there of him literally saying, "We're gonna get you a great piece. We're gonna make this move to help you out." Okay. Didn't happen. They they brought in legendary defender Matisse Thybul. If if that's what's that, that's that's dude, that's my guy. I don't know if legendary is the right word, but hey, he's there. He got paid. They backed the offer sheet. So, not really a lie. Not a great piece, but a piece. They did pay handsomely for Jeremy Grant. If that's the piece Dame was thinking was going to help them out, they paid handsomely. Hundred yeah. hundred ninety. They got it. Anthony Simons got his bag a year that year. I mean, either it was this season or the season before. He got an extension. They have what Jesus. you can consider a young core. This is not a championship core. I don't. I feel like if you look at Dame's situation, he's looking at this roster like I don't think these guys got the same dog in them that the Heat have when they got their young guys. Right? The other day, there's a lot of guys on that Blazers team that's getting paid. That Heat team had nothing to lose. Nobody was getting paid. And the dudes that were getting paid, some of them were balling out because at the end of the day, you, you about to get usurped by two-way players. You about to get usurped by undrafted guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, Kyle Lowry brought the fresh air when Gabe Vincent was taking his minutes. Now in the playoffs, oh, Kyle Lowry will be good again. Oh, he moving up and down the court hitting his shots because now you you are now in this era where you might get – you getting replaced fast. It would a swiftness. Kale Martin emerged. Max Drews was shooting out the gym, and then like Duncan Robinson started playing. Like, oh man, I got something to prove again. I don't know if Dame, Dame looking at that roster. I don't know if he says I got those those guys that are trying to prove that yet. I just got got besides yeah, but, maybe no, the, but also, but also the talent gap is different. Is it the, though? The talent gap is different. The 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 competition is different. Okay, comp different, but is the talent gap really different? I think the Blazers got low key better talent than. The yeah, but they're also they're also a be. young team. All those guys that you mentioned, Struess, Vincent, Martin, Lowry, they all been in the league five plus years. Like, yeah, they undrafted guys, but they've been in the league for multiple seasons. They know how things work. They know how different things are, different coaching, different game, different style, whatever. A lot of the Portland guys are still young, second, third year in the league at the most. Yeah. Like no, who's no. who's the who's the I mean uh, besides Nurkic and Lillard, who's the veterans on that team? Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant, Justice Winslow, 
I mean, but okay. I so mean, you could consider him a tease because he's been in the league for four or five years now. He's been yeah, there. But, but Matisse has not gotten better offensively. Anthony Simons, I guess he's at year four, year five now. I think he's got he got a rookie extension. He's in year five now. Okay. Yeah, like you, they, I'm just saying, like the guy besides like Shadade and Sharp. Yeah, but, but Cam Reddish been in the league for a while. Simons, we had him. Simons didn't play that much his first couple of seasons. Nah, he was coming off the bench again. He was coming off for CJ McCollum, so he's coming off the bench. Right. Which, which, which is what you kind of want to see, though, because like, but, but okay, okay, fine, fine. CJ, right? For so many years, it was Damon CJ, Damon CJ. They got nowhere. They got nowhere, and they kept trying to ride that. And they wave. kept trying to run it back, add a little piece here and there. They were doing what the Wizards were doing with John Wall and Bill before John Wall got Yeah, hurt. but but Wall and Bill weren't even as good as Damon CJ. No, this is in the East. But the teams, exactly. The teams around Damon, uh, around Bill and Wall, wouldn't have wouldn't have been as good as those Portland teams. No, at all. Hmm. But the same concept. Those Portland teams would have been. Like a five seed in the East, yeah. No, a lot of years there were five seeds in the West. Five seeds in the West, so they would have been like a third seed in the East. Would be unfair. A third or fourth seed, depending on matchups, something like that. They've been higher in the East, though. I think that's a fair point. To say that Portland completely failed Dane is, I think, it's a little much. They tried to put pieces. It wasn't like a a a Cleveland Lebron situation where they just gave him slop. Like they mm-hmm. tried to give them like Jeremy Grant and Yusuf Nurkic, and they had pieces, complimentary guys. The problem is you can't, you're not going to get those role player, fringe player, free agent guys to come to Portland mm-hmm. unless it's unless you overpay or you get somebody who's maybe on the downswing of their career, and or or they end up getting hurt like my Marcus Aldridge and Brandon Roy for all those years. Man, because oh, if you Brandon Roy didn't get hurt, oh, you know what I'm man. saying? Like the conversation oh, be different. Because you probably, you, I mean, there's if, no CJ McCollum. Throwing it out there, there's no CJ McCollum. In the Ultimate Universe, there's probably no Dame either. But no, no, no. remember Dame? Dame was there. Got drafted. It would have been Brandon Roy, Dame, Lamarcus Aldridge. They had Wesley Matthews. It was uh Chris Kamen. I think Greg Oden was there. Like hey, oh man, that team would have been deep. Like. They would have been real good. Damon just got drafted. Brandon Roy just got hurt. Like this is unfortunately, just oh man, Brandon Roy was so good at basketball. Injury just derailed his career. I don't yeah. think there would have been no CJ. But and again, Batum off bench, there would just been no CJ. Like there would CJ would have never been him. But at the end of the day, Portland has the Portland's in the driver's seat. Portland's in control of yeah. everything because I think it's the Heat because also the Heat, you gotta find a third team. You do. The Heat is at fault, but the Heat, the Heat are also playing it smart. They're not negotiating against anybody. Yeah, so they're trying why, to stand back, which is why, like, it, why. So it's going to be who's going to blink first. Why would I yeah. offer you more and you're getting nothing? Which is, again, this is the standstill is crazy, but it's also like it's, it's a better standstill than where the Sixers are at. Because at the end of the day, two teams is like, please, please stop mentioning those bums. All right. Oh, we're, on, we're on a moratorium. Against all Sixers-related content. Well, you heard the rumors today. James Harden reportedly – the Sixers want James Harden back. James Harden's already still steadfast and wanting to get traded. There's nothing out there for him, though. So, I don't know what, what's going to happen with our organization as a – I can't wait for that fat bastard to appear Whoa. next Whoa. season. <laughs> Sloppy. With a $40 million extension? With a $36 million extension. 
so I can watch another season, 82 excruciating games of Harden, Tobias, and Joe. But at least I got Pat Bev. Let me ask you, how do you feel about the four big situation? It's dawned on me I haven't asked you that, but we're on air. We're on live podcast now, so now I can ask you. How do you feel about bringing back Paul Reed on that matching the offer sheet? You bring in Mo Bamba. At first, we were mad about it, but then you also bring back Harold on a cheaper deal than whatever he was getting before. I think and now I you bring Reed. I think. Uh, I mean, Harold would. I, so part part two things are at play. This is me being logical and me kind of trying to put the pieces together. Harold takes Deadman's spot and doesn't really play, but he's there as like the veteran big. Mm-hmm. Bamba slides in as the as the backup big. Mm-hmm. You play Paul Reed as a backup four. To PJ, okay. Can he shoot? Can he shoot? Because you don't. I mean, Bamba can. Oh, ah, true. So you true. don't really need to. You know, you're not gonna have like Reed can play the dunker spot. Bamba can. Reed can be. Reed can be more athletic. PJ. Mm-hmm. Bamba can get spell some Embiid minutes. Okay. And I think you have one less guard in the rotation. So instead of it being Oh, we gotta play Shake Ferk, Harden, Maxi, Melton. Instead of having five guards that you could possibly work with, you would have, let's say, four guards you possibly work with. Slide another, you know, and just slide one of those bigs. Preferably Reed. I'm saying one of those bigs as in Paul Reed to more of a four wing player type position. Because we have because, no wing. Because there's a lot of I, there's a lot of talk about the NBA and teams had gone small for so long mm-hmm. that are now trying to get bigger because Denver is big. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude. So, you know how everyone kind of tries to play copycat? Like, if something works for this team, the, everybody's going to try to The Warriors, to like, that Warriors thing has faded out a little bit. Right, the small ball right. kind of faded. Right. So, I think the Warriors are going super small. Like, I think they're going super small next year mm-hmm. and just going to try to play on the perimeter and just try to just – do their thing with Looney as the big. Shoot people out. Shoot shoot people out the gym. Versus, like a team like Denver, who if you're going if you're going against Denver, you got seven foot Jokic, six ten Aaron Gordon, six seven six eight Michael Porter Jr., six five KCP, and six four Jamal Murray. Yeah. So you're oh. paint, so you're real tall and real lanky, not mm-hmm. lanky, but real real spacious. Oh, Straight, Jokic is kind of like husky, like fat lanky, like slinky. He real slinky. <laughs> um, but like, if you're the Sixers, since you mentioned this example, I mean, I guess you could theoretically, like, let's say if you need to go super tall, you could go and be, and be Reed, Tobias, Max Maxie Harden, Harden, or Melly, or, or 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 you can go small and go, Joe, PJ. Or yeah, Joe PJ to buy or Joe Tobias, Maxi Melton, Harden. If you wanted to, like you have options. Mm, all right, because so, I was I was so confused by picking up that option. You I, can't I trade think them. I think more I think more of it is I don't think they want to trade him. I think they like him. I think Harold. I think the the people bringing Harold back are over. I think that's getting overplayed because you have to spend so much of the cat. And you have to have 15 spots. So it's not like they're going to – We only have two roster spots left. We have no wings, if I'm being through, because Furcon and Dan House aren't in as backups. So so let's say – I think they're going to keep House. 
let's say Ferk is gone and you what you would hope, right? Like at this point, you, he you wants to slide, be now. We need him. You was, yeah, you would slide. I think I think more maybe his problem was Doc not necessarily want to be not be here. True, but maybe that's the thing. Like, like Shake's gone. Maybe that's an extra. That's extra minutes. That's opening up. We don't know how Nurse is going to play Ferk. If he plays Ferk, how's he going to play his lineups? Whatever the case may be, will he be more flexible? Will he be quicker on the trigger to adjust? It seems like he is and was as opposed to Doc or even Brett. So it's just a matter. I think it's just a matter of just seeing how things shake out. I would hold off judgment until we kind of see, you know, how things shake. Yeah, because like right now. I don't. I, I, that, I thought it was real weird that we did match the offer sheet. I'm not mad at bringing Reed back. I like Reed a lot. He's locked in there. Like at the end of the day, he's locked in. I don't know how this team fares, but if we do make it past, make it to the second round, you know, he's guaranteed money his last two years. Can't trade him this season. So you only have next year, if anything, if you wanted to get rid of him or whatever. So like, if this is a team that's supposed to be creating this max spot for next season, how do you do that match in the offer? I, mean, I was a little confused you, by him. You let Tobias walk. Even if you let Tobias walk next season, we still don't want, we still are physically missing some money to make I the, mean, the third I, max spot. If you let Tobias walk, we'll see what Harden see what happened with Harden. He's still technically a one year deal. Yeah, so that's then you'll have you'll have, you'll the, have money. the money. You'll have the money. So I mean, you need to keep a read then because all the other guys will be gone. Mobamba only signed for a year. Harold only signed for a year. All yeah, right. so it, we'll it, see. It makes sense you see, right. if you want to bring Mobamba back, you might be able to let Harold walk. See what because you have to have ninety percent of your money spent. Yeah, that's the new room. They're not. I don't think there. There's no other guys that they're going to go get. Would you consider bringing um Calibre? I would. I really would. Uh, Even less. There's some other guys out there. I'm sure. I don't know how they feel about their G League guys. So maybe they're going to try to go and be do depth on the cheap, kind of like Toronto did, and like Nurse was out there coaching the G League guys up. Maybe he feel confident in somebody. Maybe like a Ricky Council who's making some noise or, or, or Turk Smith or whatever. Maybe he's one of those guys that he kind of sneaks in the back end of the rotation. Okay. Maybe he's a Jaden Springer. I keep saying it because they need to see what they have in guys before they just ship them off. Um, I think the problem with Jaden Springer, what seems like from what I'm seeing, is a lot of – he his, his defense is so far and away – better than his offense. Yeah, no, he can't think, dribble to save his life. That I think people would be like, oh my God, it's Matisse. No, Again. no, I think I look at him but as I think, more like early Marcus Smart. Yeah, but the thing about Marcus Smart that ended up separating him was he had he had that like tenacious attitude. Like he was yeah. going to be he he relished that role of being an irritant, and he's also going to be the hustle guy, and he's also going which to is be I mean you got your guy now, work. Chris Pat Bev there. Which I listen. When when Pat Bev and PJ start terrorizing people on the court, I will be so proud. Because I'm like, like that, that's how he he can really help mold but, Springer. But I said this, I said this even back two three years ago when they had Thibel still. Like he, they need that those type guys. They need, they need a defensive even, mind. Player. Even Harden, Harden needs that guy in his ear too. Yeah, he, just to kind of keep the keep the. The flow so of the if game. PJ, if PJ can be here, Pat got to be a hard in here at this exactly. point. You got to have like PJ, PJ and Paul Reed here and be here. Like you need these veterans on the roster to kind of understand how things work and how teams are kind of formulated and where where the pitfalls happen. It's not like Pat Bev. Like Pat Bev is a meme to some people, but Pat Bev been in the league for a long time. 
Like he yeah, knows what he it takes. Pushing eleven years now. He put he pushing the right buttons. He knows what he's doing. He, whatever whatever mental things he got to do to get himself psyched up. That's whatever he got to do. But he's been around the league. He knows how the league works. He's been teammates with Harden. He's been you know he's been around the league. He's saying all the right things. It seems like a perfect fit culturally. I think I think people in the city would love Pat Bev. Oh, I'm already, I'm already in. Like I can already see the standing ovations for Pat Bev after he gets a tech, and 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 Bees hyping him up and spicing him in the background. When we win a regular season game versus the Denver Nuggets, and he decides to jump onto the. You know the sideline until the stanchion. Yeah, when he decides to do that in regular season game, I'm gonna be with it. I don't care if the, the trolls are gonna hate us. I'm gonna be with it though. I'm like, no, oh yeah, this way no, get it. Here's my, here's my thing. Just just lean all into it. Just be got the, to it. Just point. be the most hated team in America. Might as yeah. well. I'd rather I'd Listen, rather be talked about like the the Timberwolves and Grizzlies at this point than talk about how bad we are. I already hate the Sixers, so <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I already hate him. Speaking of speaking of fans of the NBA, Jared, talk to me a little bit about this in season tournament. Bro, I don't um, know. You you gotta tell me about it more because uh, what I've learned is that I don't understand the rules enough where I, I get the concept. I was I hoping summary. I, was, I was hoping you got it because I Well, oh, I can give you a summary. Okay. You got thirty teams, NBA, you know, randomly drawn into groups of five based on their Ran- record from last randomly, season. Randomly, quote unquote. It was based on the record, so you know. You got these teams now broken up. You have knockout rounds. So these are still regular season games. They're just trying to make the 82-game season feel more manageable. With this going on, you have the knockout rounds, which are going to be eight teams will advance to the knockout round, the team with the best standing in group play games in each of the six groups, and you have two wild cards. So whatever those guys play out their games, you're going to have one game against each opponent in whatever group they're in, whatever your favorite team is. If with two games at home and two on the road, if your team comes out winning all four of those games, they'll be the one seed. If they come out winning going three and one, that'll be like your two or whatever. If they come out two and two, whatever, then the based on each group's team's best record, those teams, those six groups will play out, and you have the two wild card teams that can do anything. When the wild card comes up, that'll be around December, the knockout rounds. And then they'll have a quarterfinal round, a semifinals, and a championship. I heard the championship will be played in Vegas. So that's going to get some buzz and spotlight around, you know, Vegas stadiums and how they're still trying to bring an NBA team to Vegas. So it's a unique strategy. I mean, I can give you a couple of the groups that I know right now is like the Sixers, Cavs, Hawks, Pacers, Pistons are in the East Group A. West Group, I think B was Denver, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavs, Rockets. That's kind of a tough group. I'm going to be honest, Chris. That's a tough group. Like Denver not going to have it easy. In that group. Um, I think Boston has the easiest group right now. Boston's East Group C, they're the Celtics, Nets, Raptors, Bulls, Magic. No offense to any of those teams, but Celtics, I think, come out on top with the way they made their moves in the offseason. So the what I'm reading right now, it says the teams with the three best prior season records in each conference is in the pot one. Pot two is the teams with the fourth through sixth best prior record. Pot three is teams with the seventh through ninth best prior record. Fourth is tenth to twelfth. Fifth is thirteenth to fifteenth. Like I'm, I'm gonna try to figure out the prize, right? So the prize they said is for the 2023 to 2024 season, the in-season tournament prize pool will be allocated to the players on the teams that participate in participate in the knockout rounds, 
with allocations increasing depending on how far a team progresses in the tournament. At the conclusion of the in-season tournament, the NBA will name the most valuable player of the competition, and the all-tournament team selection will be based on players' performance in both group A or no group play in the knockout rounds. So then, then they, they these players are just getting more compensation. You don't know how much compensation could be. I'm assuming it's going to be like around 50, 50k maybe, because they're not just going to be handing out millions, right? Maybe around fifty k, a little bit less. They'll be getting their fine money basically at this point. Is what I'm saying. They're just going to be making some fine money, which is around thirty to fifty k, depending on the fine you do. You know how greedy you are. It sounds okay in theory. I mean, I guess it's going to be hyped up for media for the four letters for TNT, which now has a lot more you know regular season games. It's going to be hyped up. NBA TV might get a little bit involved. Like it'll have its moments. I just don't know how I feel about it. At the end of the day, I'm still in the, the concept that. NBA games should be 72 anyway, 72-game season. I don't think any superstar now, Chris, is playing past 62 games. I just don't see it happen. Now they made the rule that says you have to play 62 games to be registered to be an MVP. I, didn't, I don't think players are going to be past that record anyway, besides the ones that are really like gunning for it. But at this stage, I don't see Kevin Durant playing more than 62, Giannis playing more than 62, and B playing more than 62. I don't see like guys like this playing more than 62 games anyway. So we'll see how it goes. Players might rest in this tournament. This John sound real cheeks. I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> like you was explaining it to me, it, it doesn't get better. Like that's why I'm reading it. And it didn't get better for me. What kind of convoluted nonsense is this? It's a regular in season tournament. This John real, real, real nutty. So when nutty. you see a November game, nutty. Um, let's say Celtics Boston, uh, Celtics Bulls. I'm sorry, Celtics Bulls on a Tuesday night. They're going to throw at you during commercials and on Twitter and on Insta, hey, check out this in-season tournament game for Celtics Bulls. Mine are still a regular season game. It only it just counts towards regular season. But now they're going to create a second bracket graphic they're going to throw at you. This graphic is now going to tell you whoever wins that game, that team is now 1-0 in this tournament. Yes, this tournament still – their record going into November might be like, let's say, how many games do you think are played towards November? 15? Right? 15, 16 games towards November? Something like that. So let's say the actual Celtics record could be, let's say, 14 and 9. Me being, you know, saying they're going to be bad. That's biased. But 14 9. Okay, they win that game. They'll be a 15 and 9 team, but they'll have a 1 and 0 tournament record. Or I don't, I just don't understand why they added this in. Maybe, maybe they'll, maybe it'll, it'll and when it happens, I'll like it more, but I don't think it'll change my mindset on basketball. I'm just you know, you know why they did it. So they can get more money, so they can get more sponsors, so they can drum up more interest. Because as I've said a thousand times, Jared, the regular season doesn't really start until Christmas. No, it's a fact. Is a strong. All fact. these, all these games in October and November, who cares? And they're still trying to make these games more competitive, which is why they did all these games before Christmas. But I guess they try to eliminate the the load management. But they probably should have did this around the All Star break ish area, like do the tournament. Then have the All Star game, and then go back to whatever you want to do. Like, I mean, then, but then basketball's already turned up by Christmas, like you said. So like they're just trying to humdrum yeah, up basketball before Christmas because nobody's gonna be watching the game before Christmas. Let's be who fair. Who really cares about this? Is like, this is like the NBA version of the the Maui tournament, the Maui Invitational in college ball. Yeah, like who really cares? No, that's not. Again, they're just trying to compete with the NFL, who takes a you lot. Know, of that's, that's a losing never, effort. That's a losing and, and remember, also the World Series is around September, October, so it's like they're not. That's a losing. You're even okay. Even the most 
arduent basketball fan will have to admit that World Series baseball. I'm watching is, that before I watch a certain game. I'm watching that. Like I'm not watching. Pardon me. I'm not watching Magic Blazers in October. No, thank you. <laughs> Come on, you could have been more fair. I'm not watching a Cav next TNT game before I see, like, let's say, right now, Braves and somebody else are in the World Series. Okay, no. if if it's like, if it's like Otani in the World Series, I'm watching that. I'm, I'm watching. Not, that. <laughs> I'm not watching Boston, Memphis. No, and that. John's suspended, so really, like, it's like is, is John playing in the tournament? He can't. He'll be suspended. Maybe he's been in twenty good games. Like. Good for John. Matter of fact, fact, just go up, go up, and, and shoot some guns like Yosemite Sam. Good for John. Good like, for John. Players that are probably thinking I, again. I haven't heard anything from the players' perspective. They haven't really voiced their opinions on it, so we don't know how they feel. This about garbage it. stinks. I just told you the players' perspective, Jerry. <laughs> Speaking of things that don't stink, let's talk about our top 10 lists to commemorate episode number 150, a momentous episode in our show's history. We'll start, we'll go from 10 to 1. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Do you want to just kind of go back uh, and forth? Or do you we wanna... can go back and forth, so you can start with your okay. 10 since you're going with your top so, so my number 10 Top 10 player of all time, number 10, from the San Antonio Spurs power forward, Tim Duncan. Mm. Duncan's accolades speak for themselves. Five-time champion. Uh, put up great numbers. Mr. Fundamental, the big fundamental. Uh, I think one of the more underrated players of all time. Top top two, top three uh, at his position during his peak. He was at his peak. He was the best player of the bunch, but you know, it was right up there with you know Dirk KG, right in that era. But he was better than both those guys, so I will get Duncan at ten. My number ten. I feel like I, I've had, I was struggling with my ten. To be honest with you, I had two names. This name beat out. It might be a little biased, but it's just how I it's, it's my list. My number ten yes. as of now is Kevin Durant. Okay. Durant stardom, expulsive, how he just brought to light to limelight OKC. Yes, everybody's gonna hate him for being the villain that he is in the NBA, the Twitter trash talker, but we just talk about what he's done on the basketball court. It just speaks volumes for the championship that he now has, the MVP that he got. I think his basketball acumen, just the talent that he brings forth to the court, he just, he's a top, I think he's an all-time player now. I think he's yeah. a top-ten all-time player. Like Kevin Durant literally is just a walking seven-footer that plays like he's a two-guard sometimes. Like He's just that good to me. I, and then his career is still going. We'll see how he does with the Suns. But it, it, Kevin Durant wins his third what, ring with another – whatever's going on with Devin Booker, final MVP. Mm-hmm. It's like Kevin Durant just continually doing great things. Yeah, he's super team chasing. But, hey, man, you, you do a work. Definitely. I definitely agree with you on that. My number nine player of all time played on uh, a multitude of championship winning teams. He won four titles, got drafted by the Magic in 92. Shaquille O'Neal, my number nine player of all time. The most dominant, physically dominant guy of his era. And probably the second or third most physically dominant guy, maybe behind Wilt and probably Braun, you know. And relatively speaking, pound for pound, like he could do 
anything as far as a big goes. He, he wasn't a great, you know, jump shooter or anything like that, but that's not the area he played in. He played in the back to the basket post game, give you a little hook, but he pretty much is going to dunk on you and dunk over you and just be physically imposing. So my number nine player of all time, Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, my number nine is technically like your number 10. Mine's Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan's my number nine. Just think about what he's done. Could you argue and call him the Spurs' best player in their franchise? Like, yeah, no, I, Robinson was there. I don't think it's a question. I think he's better than Robinson. Because I'm like, Tim was just phenomenal. Mr. Fundamental. You've already hyped him up, but he's my number nine. Like, it, it really was right there for me. I had to put him at nine. My number eight of all time, from the Golden State Warriors, number 30, Stephen Curry. Mm. I think if you had told me, if you had asked me maybe a year or two ago, I may have given you, I may have given you a lot of pushback on this. But the more I think about Steph's overall impact on the game, the fact that he's primarily part of the reason that the game is played on the perimeter now, just a lot of just jacking of threes, and but he's the only guy to do it consistently. You know, he and you. I mean, you could argue he had a great team around him, a great supporting cast, and Clay Thompson is maybe one of the greatest. I mean, he's one of the greatest guards ever, just as as a pure just shooter, scorer. But Steph is better than him, and he's better than a lot of guys. And the, I think a lot of times when you talk about Steph, people people view early Steph, early Steph's success in the 2015-2016 era. As oh he got lucky oh those are lucky shots he's not you know he, he's just luck but he's been doing it for over a decade now you know what I'm saying like these shots are still going in he's still playing on the perimeter at, the, at a high level I mean all time leader in threes I think he's the top ten player of all time even with even if you can argue like oh the, the two KD rings or whatever but he's still a member of the greatest regular seasons you know, team of all time. Mm. And he revolutionized the game. At a, like, he's part of the reason the game was so perimeter-oriented for the majority of the 2010s. Mm. So I have Steph at number eight. Crazy you got Steph at number eight. It's crazy you got Steph on the top ten list. I, I, don't, I don't think – I didn't even think of Steph when I made my list. I would have to consider making some adjustments. There's a couple players I think I missed out on. Oh, no, there is definitely going to be. We're definitely going to talk about the, the guys that are not on. The oh list. yeah, I'm gonna get slandered for a couple of the names. I'm, I'm gonna I'm I'm get slandered for one. I know, but yeah. my number eight is obviously Shaquille O'Neal. Like Mo, what set an NBA record for most points in a four game final series, 145. Like he beat out Hakeem Olajuwon on 131. Like Shaq, you already said it. Most dominant force ever played the basketball game. There's not going to be anything more dominant than him. He once said out loud, I didn't need the free throw line. The free throw line just helped me score more. <laughs> he said, I'd have still dropped my points. I don't know what more to say about Shaquille O'Neal. Got his rings with Kobe and without Kobe. He had a long-lasting career. Yeah, it fizzled out towards the end, but it didn't stop him from just being great. So Shaq's my number eight. He just has to be. Uh, I got you. I got you. My number seven all the time is Wilt Chamberlain. Now, <clears> some people... Some people might say it's a little low for Wilt. Some people might say it's a little high for Wilt um, because he really didn't play against a lot of the top-tier competition. But the thing about Wilt is every record, pretty much every record in the NBA is Wilt. 
Like he mm-hmm. is, he was one of the first just true superstars of the NBA. Just dominant, crazy numbers. What more can you say? The problem is that the reason I think Wilt gets lost is didn't have a lot of playoff success, even though he had crazy numbers. And Russell pretty much beat him like a drum every time they played. But, I mean, when Wilt retired, he was the all-time leading scorer, led the league in assists as a center. Like, we talk about Jokic doing what he's doing, but, like, Wilt did it in the 70s at the end of his career. And he, you can't tell the history of the NBA without Wilt. Like, he started in the late 50s, played to, you know, 73. So the crux of the 60s is him and Russell. And that's kind of the foundation of the NBA, you know, moving forward in its infancy. So I think you have to, you know, my weight, my, my list has a little bit of uh, criteria, some weight to it, some context between players. So I think Wilt is seven for me. I like Wilt. I'm going to go seven. I, I mean, I, I feel like I should have threw Wilt at seven. But instead, my seven is going to be Larry Bird. The original shooter. Backboard king. You're talking about a guy that just did it all with ease. I think it was Larry Bird. Again, I didn't. I, we're, we're talking about certain players that we just didn't get to see in our lifetime play. But from what we did see when it comes to the video, the logs, the records he broke before Jason Tatum just recently broke his, one of his scoring records. Larry Bird was a do-it-all thing. He was a rival. The, rec- the, record, the record I believe you're talking about is most points per, per seat, uh, most points in the game, most points per game average as a Celtic. Yeah, as a Celtic. Tatum is the only one to get over 30. Yep. Which is like, he held that record for years. Like, think about that. Tatum just recently did. He held that record for years. Yes, his teammate will be talked about probably soon in both of our lists, but Larry Bird, I think, fits right still in the top 10. I think he's literally the second best small forward in the NBA still. Kevin Durant's real close, though. I had him at 10. Kevin Durant's inching closer and closer, but Larry Bird, I think, cements himself at 7 for me. My number six guy of all time uh, is Kobe Bryant. Six? Six. You got to be higher. Now, hear me out. A lot of people, a lot of people will detract Kobe because his, oh, his first three rings were with Shaq and his Shaq sidekick, okay. whatever. But go back and look at the numbers that Kobe put up as the number two option. Still astronomical numbers. Kobe, even if you take away in a, in a hypothetical universe his three titles that he won in the early, you know, early two thousands, he still won two titles back to back, right? As the definitive best player on his on a championship team, at his peak, uh, maybe 04 to 06 ish, that post George, you know, before LeBron took off and after Jordan retired, Kobe was the best player in the NBA. No, that's facts. Kobe was the best two guard of his era. Mm-hmm. At that post Jordan, post Jordan era, like it was Kobe, then it was Wade. Then it was Harden or whatever you want to argue, right? But Kobe, the only, you know, best player in the league conversation at the time was Kobe or Bron. Still got five titles. One of the top scorers of all time. Now, people knock his inefficiency. But he was, he was, he was jacking. I mean, what what you want me to say? Some of them teams. Some of them, like, mid-2000 Lakers teams, like, after Shaq got traded, stunk. Like, you got Andrew Bynum, 
mm-hmm. and before Gasol, like Kwame Brown and uh, Shannon Brown. Uh, who else is on them too? Smush Parker. Like, uh, who else you think taking these shots? Because, like, come on, stop. So Kobe's six of them. Must I think it's Magic Johnson. I, I, hold on, hold on. Before you, before you, before you go in, I also Kobe had way more postseason success than Steph and Will. Yeah. And won two without Shaq, and Shaq only won one without Kobe. Right. So, all right. Which is why he should, should be higher up. But all right, teach his own. My number six is Magic Johnson. Love Magic Johnson. He could have made the top five, but my number five, you understand why? Chris already beats talked about him, but. My number six, Magic. Why? Magic Johnson was a beast before he, what, 12 season career before he was diagnosed with HIV that abruptly ended his career. He tried to make a comeback, but it just didn't pan out. But you're talking about a guy that was, what, MVP three times in four years, 12-time All-Star. He was named to an All-NBA first team nine times, multiple multiple champion, won his first championship as a center. Like, Magic could do it all. Like, Magic, Magic was him. When we talk about guys that have helped birth the Lakers as being one of the perennial teams, one of the best teams in NBA history, Magic was there. Magic helped do those things. He set records. He even just not even just him as a player, but him off the court as a GM brought LeBron James to the Lakers. Still doing historic things, even when he's not a player anymore. Mm-hmm. Number six all time for me. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I like that. My number five guy. People are going to hear it and be like, what? But my number five all the time is Bill Russell. I thought you about to say Dirk Nowitzki. No, no. <laughs> People are like, oh, well, Russell, you know, Russell's numbers weren't great. Okay, yeah, the man averaged damn near 20 boards a game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Averaged almost 10 points a game. So 10 and 20 for a career. Mm-hmm. Right. But let me let me. Part of the, the the appeal of winning is, I mean, a part of the appeal of being on this list of an all time great is to be successful. Eleven <laughs> time NBA champion. Now I know what you're gonna say. I like, he played against plumbers and firefighters and whatever. Damn, JJ Redick. But he won. <laughs> he didn't lose like Wilt. Wilt, the most dominant player ever, but never could win a title. Russell won 11 titles. He was a five-time MVP, 12-time All-Star. Was a member of the All-NBA teams 12 different times, Jared. Four times he led the league in rebounds. Like, five times you're the MVP. Mm -hmm. 11 times you're the champion. That has to account for something. Well, 10 times you're champion. 11 times was the player's coach, but still, who's counting? Okay, a coach, but you also playing. So whatever, ten, eleven. At that point, come on now, you 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 already got is rings for all the fingers. Number five got to be Russell. Also, again, can't tell the history of the NBA without him. Consistently beat the greatest player ever up to that point, mm-hmm. and got the rings, got the accolades. And 20 and 10 all time for an average is nothing to sneeze at. Because if it was 20 points and 10 boards, people would be like, oh, that's okay, that's great. But if it's since it's 10 boards and or 10 points and 20 boards, how hard it is to get 20 boards in a game? That's crazy. So my number five is Bill Russell. Jerry, go ahead. Same. 
So it's not, we ain't saying much different. My number nine is Bill Russell. 22 and a half rebounds per game five times is like, <laughs> Drummond was barely sniffing that. And we would call him one of the best rebounders to ever do it. So like, he's up there, but. Yeah. I mean, there's not much. You've already said basically everything. If I was to just say anything else about Bill Russell, like he missed half of his rookie season because he was playing on what the 1956 Olympic team and won us a gold medal that year, then won a title with the Celtics that year. Like it's like, and I think didn't he win the didn't, didn't he win a college world title too? Or was he a championship? No, no, the man, the man's a walking champion. You might, for, for USF, well, not, USF, not yeah. South Florida University of San Francisco. Francisco. No, 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 man's a walking chip. If we want to talk about the one of the greatest winners, Bill Russell was there. Bill Russell's got to be. Bill Russell was there, so it's like. But this guy, who's my number four pick, is also there. And my number four pick is the greatest big man in NBA history, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, I mean, listen, everybody know Kareem accolades. Six mm-hmm. time, six time, six time champion was the all time leader in points for thirty five years. Mm-hmm. But also, Kareem played for 20 years. Jared, Kareem played from 69 to 89. Let's put mm-hmm. that in perspective. He played at the same time as Wilt and Jordan. Mm-hmm. Like, crazy. Mm-hmm. But also in that time frame, just a man, he was the he was the best big of his era. He was the best player on at least three championship teams. And then he won six titles. Yes. People can – I mean, you can argue the longevity at the end. He was just hanging on. But, like, at, even at 42, he was averaging, like, 12 a game. Yes. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, Kareem is my number four player of all time. My number four is going back. But this is where Chris should have had him. It's Kobe Bean Bryant. He needs to be in the top five, Chris. He needs to be – Right where he deserves in life. We're not we're not shooting a, a fake trash thing or whatever at the trash can. We're screaming. We're not screaming Kareem. We're not screaming Bill Russell. We're screaming Kobe. We're screaming Mamba mentality. People are getting that tattooed on their foreheads, for God's sakes. We're, we're, we're talking about a guy that just does it all. Kobe's in my top five for sure. He's number four. Wish I could put him higher, but the guys above him, unfortunately, are there. It just had to be done. You just got to talk about rest in peace him, but his defiant spirit. Irrational confidence, knowing that he believed that he was better than Jordan. Some will argue that, but it's just that that rational confidence helped serve him, help bring forth some of the best backs we've ever seen. Man, redemption tour with the redeemed team. Like Kobe done it all. Done it all. You've said we've said enough as it is. You've said enough as it is, but talk about Kobe. So that's my number four guy. Okay. And nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. My number three guy of all time. This is Magic Johnson, a five-time NBA champion, three-time finals MVP, three-time NBA regular season MVP, 12-time All-Star. Just, you know, he kind of broke the mold for that big point guard that teams still try to emulate. That, you know, even as far as, like, LeBron. LeBron's comp, his true comp is Magic Johnson because he can do all the things on the court that's necessary to conducive to winning. Like you said, won his first title as a center mm-hmm. when Kareem was injured mm-hmm. and played in game six, I believe, and hit the game winning shot with a skyhook. Like that's your six, nine point guard facilitating and bringing the ball up the court that you can see even today with, like I said, with Bron, with what the Sixers tried to do with Ben Simmons, 
what the Denver does with Jokic. There's a lot of unsaid magic in Jokic too. So I think of all time, all time players, you also have to kind of look at their impact, which is what I mentioned with Steph. Magic's impact is still being seen today because if you have a big physical body defender or a big physical guy who can handle the ball and be your point guard and be your facilitator, it just opens and unlocks a lot of different things that you can do. And that's how I think the Lakers of that era was so successful. Plus, he only lost to Bird once in the, all the matchups they had. So, you know, of the best player of his generation, he was better than Bird and consistently beat Bird, mm-hmm. unlike previous guys like Wilt, who was better than probably better than Russell and probably better than everyone, but lost consistently. So winning, like I said, winning has something to do with it, and Magic is a winner. So my number three guy would be Magic Johnson. Mine is Kareem. Chris already spoke about being second all-time winning scorer in NBA history with 38,000 points, 300 and something. You know, I, can't, I don't know the math down. You've already talked about all his accolades. So I have to talk about his college accolades because I'm a college fan. Kareem went 88-2 and two in his three years at UCLA. Winning three championships. Like, three and, championships. And, and outlaw the dunk because of him. <laughs> We're talking about guys that just do it before the NBA. That you knew it was going to be a superstar. Hold on. Think, of, think about this, though. Kareem was so tough. They said, okay, you can't dunk anymore. You can't bang on these, these guys anymore because they can't jump with you. You got to so do something else. So you know what Kareem did? Made the he, he invented the sky hook. Which he did in college that trailer to NBA, which made him the most unstoppable big ever, which is why he's number three. Yes. And he's the second greatest scorer of all time. Which that's still hard to surpass because the number is astronomical. Like it's astronomical. And and did it for twenty years. So it's like, man, the dude in his twentieth season was still putting up ten. So double digits. Kareem, digit. Kareem probably couldn't. Kareem probably couldn't jump higher than a sheet of paper on the ground. And he was giving you six rebounds too. But was giving you buckets. Ten and six, like he's doing his thing. Kareem's my number three all time. All right, Jared. The moment Just do it that time right here. Just do it that time. My number two player of all time. I know there's people out there who are going to not like what I have to say. And there's people out there who are going to say, well, how, how can you say that this man is number two all time when he is the all-time leading scorer? When he is a four-time NBA champion. Yeah, you, you'd be you're delusional. Four-time finals MVP. Four-time regular season MVP. A 19-time All-Star. But my number two player of all time is LeBron James. You must have lived in the wrong era then. I forgot you was 60. I forgot how old you were. <laughs> I did. I, I sometimes forget how old here, you were. Jared, you must have seen Jordan play. Jared, I didn't. But... I mean, I saw Wizards Jordan, but huh. <laughs> bet you want to wish you could forget that. Bet you wish you could I, forget. I was just, but here's here's part of it. I was a kid. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. I just wanted to see Mike. I didn't. I didn't have a frame of reference for Chicago Bulls Mike. I just knew Mike was Mike. Like you just, it's one of the things you knew. You just knew it. Everybody wore. Everybody was wearing Jays. Everybody wanted to be no, like dude. Mike. Everybody was, everybody was, you know, before Kobe, before we were doing the Kobe thing, 
Kobe was doing Jordan. All right, nice. he was doing like he was doing Mike. He was trying to be like Mike. He patterned his whole game around Jordan. But LeBron James is the most complete basketball player I've ever seen. LeBron James can do everything on the court at an elite level. But the one thing that LeBron James cannot do all the time at an elite level is put away his competition. Far too many times LeBron likes to play with his food. Far too many times LeBron doesn't just put guys away, put teams away. None of this lingering around and maybe they catch a little fire. He should he there's plenty of times where LeBron just was on the better team and should have blew guys out, should have swept guys and didn't. Those Indiana teams with, with Paul George and Roy Hibbert, he should have wiped his feet with them. But no, he consistently played around with them teams. Them old Celtics teams that were old and broken down, they consistently gave LeBron James' teams work. LeBron's biggest L, the 2011 Finals, we came up small, real small. The 2014 Finals when they lost to the Spurs. He ha- Bron has way like Bron has the greatest resume ever, but Bron got way too many lowlights, way too many for a guy that you want to put like because the thing about Bron is you just wait for that. All right, just put them down in the coffin. Just give me the dagger, and he never does. He never does, Jared. But at any given moment, he is the most efficient effective utility like just can do anything you can play Brian at all five positions the problem with Brian is he has his weaknesses not a great jump shooter not a great free throw shooter maybe a little too passive but he's still the second greatest player ever and my number one is Michael Jordan (laughs) my number two is Michael Jordan why? Because LeBron yeah. surpassed him, Chris. Okay. You know, and then we always be coming at LeBron for his losses. Jordan lost too. We just hate to talk about him. I don't know why, but we do. We have no problem. Talk. Let's talk about Jordan. From eighty five to nineteen ninety, he was getting cooked by the Boston Celtics and the he, Bad Boy Pistons that was, was destroying him. It wasn't until he got Scotty that he was great. Cool. Jordan got some great records. Nobody talks about it, but one of his records will never be broken in NBA history. Most points in the three-game series. Why? Because there's no longer three-game series. So eliminate that record. But, hey, at least it's there. I like that. I think Jordan's the greatest shooting guard of all time. Ten scoring titles. Nobody's beating that. We just started talking about the scoring title again. It's been like dang near eight years since we ever talked about scoring title. Now we're talking about him again for the past two. So maybe that'll become a thing again. But I don't think anybody's touching ten scoring titles. He has the most finals MVPs at six. Yeah, because Jordan ain't losing the finals. Again, you got to give him that. LeBron be losing the finals. Jordan ain't losing when he got to the finals. He was in the conference finals. He was in the semifinals. And he damn sure lost in the first round, but he ain't losing when he gets to the finals. And Dre had what, what Kobe was able to acquire for himself, which is the clutch gene. Some LeBron missed, but you, you gave LeBron the comparison to Magic. LeBron's always looking for the right play. Jordan was looking to Jordan was the right play. That's just a fair, that's a fair point to me. Jordan was the right play. Put the ball in his hand, he gonna put the he's gonna put the ball in the basket. And that's my entire argument. Again, that's but that's, just, that's cool, but I'm talking about greatest basketball player that does greatest everything. Complete, yes, again, another record Jordan would never break. Complete player, yes. LeBron Makes him the greatest player, player. record alone. However, however, Michael's ability 
to not only take over a game, but to take the heart and soul out of his competition. He was – he demoralized guys, man. Michael's my two. I love the fact that nobody's going to top. I think he had uh, – I, I, I should have typed it up, but he had, I think, 560-plus games of 30 points. Nobody's topping that. You know, that's like three to four regular seasons. Maybe more of just 30 points he averaged. Huge. Look at LeBron's case. LeBron's the number one leading scorer of all time. In his 20th season, he was giving you what? 29, 8, and 7. No, that, and that's Here's the thing. Nobody. We just talked about Kareem played 20 seasons. Kareem couldn't even give you 20. And Kareem was that dude. But here's the thing, right? And I know. I, I understand what you're saying. The gap between two and three, for me, is, is a wide gap. It's, it's Mike and Braun. And then it's everybody else, is it? Yeah, which is fair, and that's the same way it looks for me. But Bron's one for me. He's only missed the playoffs three times in his career. He's been playing for twenty years. Part part of it is the way that Mike and Bron are marketed. Mike was marketed way more fairly, favorably. The hate for Bron is crazy. There's a lot of Bron hate that goes into it, right? I'm not a Bron hater, but I'm one of those guys. I watched Bron, and I would be waiting for the dagger, like just just stop playing around. Just take the other team's heart and just move on. And he never could do that consistently. He could do it occasionally. Like, he did it to Toronto all them years. He did it to Orlando a couple times. He did it to Boston. But he never did it consistently. Like, you always felt like there was a chance that your team could be a bronze team. There was not – a lot of them teams in the the mid-'90s, you weren't beating them Bulls teams. Like, you weren't doing it. And they didn't lose. Like, the only times they lost in the mid-'90s is when Jordan was playing baseball. Which is like, again, I feel like the, the vast comp is different, too. People be hating, but the comp is so different now. Well, LeBron plays against, because he didn't just play in one area. He played in two areas. The comp he was playing in these two areas is totally different with Jordan and them were playing against. Not just Jordan. Kareem as well. Bill Russell as well. Will. Yes. All those guys. LeBron's this- playing... The Golden State Warriors that went seven two nine broke Durant's team. By the way, the then he played the Kevin Durant Warriors because LeBron's one of the only teams in history to win up down three one. Did that? LeBron's team then had to go up against Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Darn near took them to seven. LeBron, yes, biggest choke he's ever had is the Mavericks. I think if we we don't talk about LeBron as much, we don't call him when we don't we don't come at him as much if he won that finals, but. Again, teams got to figure out what they're doing on the court. They were freshly new. Jory needed Scotty to win. LeBron had to figure out how to win with Wade. Okay, that, that. and that's fine. And I'm not arguing that that I'm not arguing none of that about Jordan and Scotty. And even you could argue Jordan and Jordan had role players and and, and Paxson and Carr and Rob. Well, you know the argument always comes right. with LeBron yeah. needs superstars to win. Well, Jordan yeah. needs Scotty to win. He wasn't winning without him. He and wasn't. That's, and, they, that's he and that's true. And that's true. I, I mean, everybody on this list won with a With superstar. a guy. Thank you. With we need guy. to worry about that. Everybody knows. Everybody not, you name I'm not is arguing, I'm not arguing that. Hey, I'm ever, not. Even every your favorite player is on a superstar. Right. They never won alone. You n- no never. one no one wins alone, right? But you look at this to me, to me, a lot of what goes into the GOAT is impact, longevity, winning, statistics, all of that. There's bronze longevity, physical Historic. peak, it will never be matched. All right, never. 
But if Bron, in the peak of his career, could have put more guys away, just not messing around and not giving guys hope and just was straight killer and just was wiping his feet with people like Jordan was at his peak, then Bron would have been the greatest of all time. But because Bron has a lot of pitfalls and bugaboos and just didn't get the job done consistently enough, like he got to the he got to the game. He got the 10 finals. But you lost most of them. That that accounts for something. You lost most of the time you showed up. Bron has four rings. Jordan never lost in the finals. Never even went to a game seven. And I, I play. You want to argue competition? Yeah, that's fine. You want to argue competition? That's fine. That's fine. Don't even, don't even, let's not even just say competition. But, but had some of the worst cases of my best players are down. I'm by myself. Yeah, we can say if I feel like LeBron would have cemented himself if he had won with Matt Delladova, J.R. Smith. Yes, if 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 Bron if Bron wins in 2015, excuse me. <laughs> if Bron wins in 2015 with Kyrie's when Kyrie tore his knee up, or and Kevin tw- Love went out with the broken Kevin, whatever Kevin Love got hurt, I think they had a real good shot to win in 2015. Right? If they all three were healthy, they were winning that shit. That 2016 title down from three one, legendary, story. legendary, right? But he also has 2011 on his resume, which hurts. He also he also got he also got swept in 07. Like I don't hold that that against him. I don't hold that against him. But it's there. That that sweep, I I don't even throw in his way again. He took a team that had no business even. Okay, and that's that's fine. Yeah, that's a team that had no business. And that's fine. I don't hold that against him. You're playing Tim Duncan, Tony Parker. I don't hold. I'm just going. I'm just going through his his resume. Right. He lost in 2015. He lost to the Spurs in 2014. Then he lost. He lost to the Cavs. I mean, Thunder again. Not Thunder. I'm sorry. He um, lost to the Warriors, Warriors again. Seventeen. With KD like, again. KD is that last so crazy. Lost like, to the, how many? Look at how many teams had to do that to beat LeBron. Where teams weren't forming super teams to beat Jordan. They were just like, oh, I'm just gonna go. But, but, but that's not. I mean, that's, that's not how that should point to how great LeBron is because you had to fuse. Think about, to these but think about this, right? Think about this. The only super team, quote unquote, that popped up in Jordan's era was the Rockets with Clyde and Hakeem. And they weren't and, even that. And, were and, cool, and Jordan was Jordan was gone. Jordan was gone, so we don't know what would have happened. Because there's an argument that Bron, uh, that Mike could have won eight straight. Eight straight. So, I I can't I can't you can't go back and have revisionist history. Man, we can only go by we can only go by what happened definitively and definitively. I know definitively the Celtics big three started because they couldn't beat LeBron James. None of them. Well, the Celtics big three started because of LeBron James. Not not really. They weren't even sniffing Kobe. They couldn't they couldn't go to the finals. Paul Pierce couldn't get the by himself. KG couldn't get out the Paul, West. Paul Pierce, and Ray was playing with the Bucks. Okay, well, that's and all KG true. Could, I mean, Paul Pierce couldn't all, be Bron. That's all true. Sniff him. That's all true. But I don't think that that Boston Big 3 was right place, right time, right opportunity. Like it was smart. KG need to get out of Minnesota. Uh Ray Allen need to get out of Seattle and Pierce was already there. 
they may have wanted to trade Pierce, who knows? But they they kicked it off, and they wanted they won a title and made another finals appearance out of it. So successful. Bron goes in twenty eleven. We all know what happens. I give Bron major kudos. He made it to what eight straight finals. Mm-hmm. But how many of those finals did he win? Three, three out of eight. At the time, yeah, yeah. So. And he got the he got the, the ring in twenty twenty with the Lakers. Hey, don't disrespect that. Right? I'm not. No, I'm saying I'm, that's his last. You didn't that's his say last. Much enthusiasm, like you said, the three. You didn't no, say that's his last two. ring. For now. For I don't now. Know if okay. For now. More. I, honestly, still, seeing LeBron's getting more would be crazy, but for now, they're still in the you know in the they're they're top. They were the Western Conference Finals last year. The man's going on to year. But 21. to me, who knows he can give you at this point? To me. There's not really anything that can change my mind as far as two and one. I think once LeBron got the number one scoring title of all time, all time scorer, to cement himself, he's top five in assists. Yeah, I guess he never got defensive play of the year, but I don't think that's a knock against he, him. I just think that's he, a knock and against him. Like, he should have gotten it in 2011. He, he should have gotten it in 2011. You, the, the defensive player of the year, but it, it, some MVPs he should have gotten, but I'm not even going to talk about that. He should have gotten the Derrick Rose one in 2011, too, but people ain't ready There's, to hear me. Colby should have more MVPs, and Shaq should have a couple more as well, but I digress. So like, who you, whoa, whoa, who you take? You taking Steve Nash's MVPs? Yeah. Am I? The, the man couldn't even the man couldn't beat Kobe, but he's winning MVPs over him. Kobe most, was no, no, no. Most, most, most valuable player. Steve Nash, took the Suns. Steve Nash took the Suns from nothing to a Western Conference Finals. Man, the year Steve Nash won MVP, Kobe was killing him. If you just look at the stat line, yeah, his assist. Steve Nash's assist, cool. Did that. If you took Steve Nash Kobe off that better record, game, Kobe better record. If you took that better Steve score, better rebounder, better shooter at the time. How is he better shooter? If oh, you man, took Steve shooter. Nash off that Phoenix team, they'd be in the ABA. Stop it. Man, at the end of the day, I'm taking that MVP away. I am taking it away. There's a couple MVPs you're taking away. I have no problem doing it. I'm taking certain MVPs away and giving them to guys that rightfully deserve that MVP. Okay. All right. Well, was that was that was 2008 too, right? That was 05. Who won the 2008 MVP? Dirk. Mm, no. Taking that one away too. No, Dirk was 07. Who won 08? I don't know. Let me show. Was that? Uh... Kobe won in a week. Okay, Kobe. That was that was the first one there. So so oh six to 07, Kobe could have won a couple more. Let me be fair. Nash won Nash won in 06 back to back. That, that should have been Kobe's. And that, Dirk, yeah, that was the back to back. Nash Kobe no, should have won one. No, Dirk Dirk won in 07, Nash won in 06, and Nash won in 05. And then yep. Kobe Duncan won, won Duncan won in 04. Because remember, Kobe was by himself in 06. He didn't have Shaq. So that argument was gone. The argument was gone. Yeah, Shaq went to go win the ring with Wade. Great. Great for Wade. Great for Shaq. But Kobe was by himself carrying that Lakers team. Because they ain't had Paul Gasol yet. You had already talked about it earlier. The Bynum. Schmuth Parker. But was Derek Fisher even there? Maybe. Yeah, I think, I think, I think. Uh... Doing it by himself was one of the greatest players to grace the court that season. And he didn't win MVP? Nah, man. Oh, wow. Nah, man. He averaged 32 points a game, Chris. Garnett, Garnett won in 04. So. I think when Gar- I think Garnett and Tim's MVPs were justified. 
So you're just taking, under the shit. So you're just taking away Dirks and Nash. Dirk Nash, Derrick Rose too. Derrick Rose can go. I think LeBron earned. I, again, people would hate for me saying Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was having a, a great year, but LeBron was historically just phenomenal. Like he was all around what Giannis got when Giannis got his MVP and defensive player of the year. That was LeBron in 2011. I'm just let's just throw that out there. That was LeBron in 2011. Okay. Has Kawhi won MVP? Kawhi no? Leonard. Yeah, no. You have to play more than 20 games to win the MVP. <laughs> I know he got a defensive player of the year. I know he's got a finals MVP. I was like, does he ever got an MVP? I think it's too late for that. I'm be honest. I think it's too late. I think it's too late for Kawhi to get MVP. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little late. All right, before you end the show, last question. Saw this on Twitter today. Had me turning because I didn't know the answer. I was really stuck. We got three guys. Start bench cut. Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Trace McGrady, all in their primes. Start. Bench cut. Start, bench cut. I gave you my answer. Let me give you mine. I'll cut Melo. I'm a bench Paul George, and I'm going to start Trace McGrady. Dang, I was – I, uh, I started Paul George. I benched Melo, and I cut Tracy. Cutting Tracy felt hard to me. It did. The problem I is cut Mello. So here's my here's my rationale. Mello was a one dimensional guy. Like he could just score. That's why he came off the bench. He could score well. He could do he more could just score. Paul George can do more versus you know versatility versatility speaking. And Tracy McGrady could do everything that Paul George could do better. So I think Paul George is the most talented out of the three. If we talk about in their primes, because Paul George was on pace before the injury occurred in the NBA. He was on we pace talk, the MVP. We talking about we talking about prime T Mac. Prime T-Mac was different. Dude. Prime T-Mac. We the Prime Melo was one of the greatest scorers we were talking about at that at that time. Yes, he was but, but Prime Melo, is, as great of a scorer as he was, was uninterested in playing defense. Uninterested. <laughs> Nuggets the next game. He'll, he'll get you some boards. He'll tell you get, get get out his way on some boards. But he ain't playing no defense. But, yeah, it was hard for me. I was this was a hard one. I was sitting there. I'm like, dang. I'm just like, I was stuck. I'm like, you can't bench. You can't not bench Melo. I like T-Mac and Melo is like right there. Paul George, I think, either is on your bench or your start list. If you're talking about primes. Because I still was – I'm still to believe Paul George came back from his injury and had what? He's had two he, – yeah, he's missed games here and there. Mm-hmm. But it happens now with his knees. But he came back playing unfamiliar basketball after after missing a full season with like a torn knee or whatever happened to his leg. If that didn't occur – He broke his leg. Paul George was literally on pace to become an MVP soon because that's how great he was playing for the Pacers. He was even with the Thunder. Yeah, I think Russ still attributes to that. But he was having his greatest statistical career as a Russell Westbrook, like the greatest basketball we had seen him play, and that was that thing still in his prime. But he was coming off injury. Imagine if he didn't get hurt, start playing with Russell Westbrook. I think he'd won an MVP. That's just me out there. I'm 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 not I'm not not saying I'm on the Paul George uh, train or anything, but I just know how good of a basketball talent he is. When he's not hitting shots on the side of the backboard in the bubble. Way off. All right, now. <laughs> <laughs> so thank y'all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in. We're still a five-star rated podcast on iTunes. So if you like what you hear, like I said, leave us a review. Uh, we're available on all your favorite socials. Well, mostly your favorite socials, not threads or any other new stuff yet. Um, not yet. I'm not even on thread. I might I'm not on threads. I'm, I'm going the other way on social media. I want less of it. I'm come on, bro. You know you're a Twitter fiend. Stop it. Listen, Elon, Elon ain't doing Elon. <laughs> uh 
Uh, Elon. Um, so like, like you said, we're on most of your favorite socials at STTP Podcast. For now, follow me on all your favorite socials. That's at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore Jada Hughes. Definitely got big thing to come. Man, the show's just been better and better each episode. 150 episodes. It's crazy. Who thought we made it this far? Who would have thought? People would try to get rid of us after, like, number three. <laughs> and also, speaking of, like, your opinions, if you don't like our top five or top ten, feel free to, you know, tell us your top tens. Probably wrong, but feel free to let us know anyway. You know, somebody's probably going to say Paul Pierce in their top ten. So they've already lost my interest. They've already lost it. I'm, I'm, I'm don't give me no, don't give me no clickbait. Don't give me that like oh oh my number ten is uh, Jokic. Like come on, relax. They no man, you're oh somebody's definitely saying Jokic. Relax. Top five all the time. Relax. Jimmy Bowers is the number ten. Relax. <laughs>